welcome back to another episode of High Side of the Ropes. We back. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to the two guys in the room with me. Yeah. Yep. This whole month came by in a flash. It really did. Quicker than I was actual... already getting in that mindset of, don't you dare start putting some motherfucking Christmas shit. And then it's just like, yeah, so you know Thanksgiving is like tomorrow or right now, right? And it's just like, wow. So time is moving fast. It's almost like post COVID timelines here. This shit went in a blink. It went so fast. It came out faster than the Flash movie. Pause. You said came like too many times. Yeah, Pause. too many times but, in like the span of two minutes. Now it's like reverse Flash, like considering his real world actions. Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, speaking of the real world. Yeah, um, this episode, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be more of kind of on the personal aspect because... The first half is going to be a complete tribute to Jason David Frank, who tragically uh, passed away Saturday, November 19th. The and news then, didn't break till uh, the 20th. And then the second half of this episode will be our personal experience from AEW Full Gear. But before we go any further into this episode, I would like to t- uh, take a brief moment of silence for the legendary Tommy Oliver, Jason David Frank. And we're back. But... When I first things first, when I heard the news, yeah, right, I'm like, I I'm, think I texted you as soon when you, it happened. You, as soon as I found out, you texted it to me, and I'm like, no, this this can't be real. Like, nah, Dude, no, no, there's no fucking way. Nothing will beat how I found out. I'm literally trying. I I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna sleep in. I'm off tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow, and full gear and whatnot. I'm good. Sleep in because I was up to like. Three. I was up till like two a.m. because after we got back from full gear, I just cooked myself a thing of spaghetti. There you go. I even put that in our group chat. I'm just like, I'm home eating spaghetti. That's fun. But I thought I was gonna sleep in. Like ten thirty, my mom comes into my room to wake me up. So you know how you, like you're groggy when you first wake up. Mm-hmm. I was grog, and it takes you a minute to wake up, right? Mm-hmm. I was groggy. I'm like, huh? She said, Jason David Frank passed away. I went from, like, wanting to go back to sleep to wide awake and, like, you're fucking with me. It, it, it's wild. It, it's literally wild. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, th- this can't be real, right? Like, So it, then you, didn't you say, like, you were having trouble, like, confirming it? I was having trouble confirming it mainly because, like, Sources like TMZ weren't posting about it. Yeah. And TMZ... That's, that's what I was mainly looking for. I was looking for a notable source to post it before I, like, did anything else. And a lot of people were like, oh, th- this has to be a joke. He's going to go on Facebook, so, uh, Instagram Live, and be like, hey, I'm, like, I'm fine. I'm like, we're, I'm like, this is going to be another Jackie Chan incident. Like, Jackie like, Chan's had a few. Yeah. yeah Gabriel Iglesias had one yes, one time. Did. Yep. I'm sitting there. I'm like, not, I'm like, please, not like, don't let this be real. Please let this be a hoax. Like, I, I'm not ready for this one. Um, originally on my post, I'm like, this, this has to be a hoax and whatnot. And then when it was broke, I went back and edited that out, that part out. 
Because, dude, this year has sucked for anybody who er, late, early to late 90s and also early 2000s kids. Yeah, we're, we're getting hit pretty hard right now. Yeah, like earlier this year we had the loss of the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. And then uh, literally a, like not like a little over a week ago we lost the voice of Batman. I know. And, and now we lose Jason David Jason Frank. David Frank. I found out uh, by looking at comicbook.com's uh, news on uh, Instagram. Mm. And I was just like, wait, what? I was kind of caught by surprise by it. We I didn't actually it. see, like, the different sources at first that weren't, like, you know, yeah. like, legitimate. Like, that's actually, like, true. I can believe this source that's telling me. Yeah. I had, like, the instant one, like, after it was already, like, developing for a bit. And you already put it, like, in the chat. Yeah. So I found out about it like pretty late. I found out about like the actual cause about 10 minutes yeah. later. Yeah. And uh, before we get uh, before we get into uh, like our memories about it, I wanted to say what it was because this is something very important. Yes. Um, yes, it is. He tragically took his own life after uh, getting into an argument with his wife, who he is going through a divorce with. Yep. Um, because the story came out about like what caused it. Yeah. They had gotten into an argument, and uh, uh, late uh late Friday, early Saturday, I believe, and then Saturday they got into another argument. He locked her out of his room, and by the time to she called the cops to check on him, and they found him dead. He uh tragically took his own life um i just want this to be a i just want people to know this check on your friends and family uh check on the ones you love hell even even if it's someone you work with as well like if you know someone's having a bad day make sure you check on them make sure they're not thinking of harming themselves and doing something that will hurt more people with that action because this is the most stressful time for people. This uh, it's a known uh, someone did a study. It's around this time that more people take their own lives because of the stress of the holidays, the holidays, paying bills, paying for Christmas gifts. But yeah, uh, and the New Year around the corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, check in on people, and if you're ever in a lonely spot, call somebody. There are a lot of hotlines. There are times where I've been in a bad state of mind, and I've called, and it's all, and it has helped. Like, and also, and this is the first time I'm saying this live, but it's just like this is actually important. So, like, you guys should, if you guys ever need help, reach out for it. There's always someone there to help you. Whether There's it's us too, our DMs are always open. Whether it and yeah, like whether it's friends or family or just someone at the hotline office, just reach out to someone, ask for help, because there's going to be more. Because the pain may be done, gone for you, but the pain for everybody else is just a lot worse. So yeah. please reach out. <sighs> Shit. Yeah, and Sunday was just fucking depressing. Yeah, it was. Um, like I 
my TikTok feed every like at first it was like every few swipes, every few videos, it'd be about Jason. But then as the day went on, it was just tribute after tribute after tribute. Yep. Like me and Eddie were planning on hanging out. I literally canceled. I said like, yeah, I'm not in the mood to hang out. Like my, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a good day to, yeah, oh, I, I can't, uh, I, my mood shifted. It was wild, dude. Like, it's one of those things that's like, you still couldn't process it, man. Yeah. It's just like, wait, he's gone? Like, like cause, fuck. Because the thing is, it's not even, it's not even how he died. It was just the fact how sudden it was. Yeah. Because. Like, it was out of nowhere. Because. Like, literally, like, that's, I was, like. If you if you were to like to hear somebody died, right? Jason David Frank would probably be like one of the last freaking people that I would think his name is about to come out of your mouth right now. Yeah, because uh, uh, a fi- a friend of my mom's who works conventions mm-hmm. uh, worked a convention. He was working mm-hmm. and he was across from him, mm-hmm. and he said he seemed fine. He seemed so happy and energetic. Like this was like two weeks ago. Me and Brandon actually had the honor of meeting the man. Holy shit. I was starstruck as fuck that day. The starstruck didn't... I know for a fact. The starstruck didn't hit us until we were in the car. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Quick story. Um, I tried to shake the man's hand during COVID. Uh, and he is a huge germaphobe. So, he was cool about it. It's like, he didn't, like, really show that he was, like, a germaphobe. But he's just like, well, you know, being as how everything's going on right now, and there is a deadly virus in the air, we bow. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay. Bow. I'm like, all right, that was super cool. That was super fucking cool. You played that off perfectly. And he he was really genuine, dude. Like, he Brandon asked him for advice. Yeah, like, he, he was a, like... There's, I've met a lot of people in wrestling mm-hmm. and just in this world in general, but I don't think I've met anyone nicer than Jason David Frank. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one of my friends, uh, so I had found out about the meet and greet, uh, through, uh, my coworkers yeah. and a lot. And like the three of us were planning on, uh, I'll meet like you remember like uh, I told you like two of my coworkers might be coming to yeah. meet and greet with us. So we so they weren't able to come. So I got I was getting their stuff signed uh, for them. Literally, I asked him, "Oh yeah, can you uh sign one of the because he had the promote little promotional cards mm-hmm. for uh, his movie Legend of the White Dragon, mm-hmm. which I don't give a shit." I am going to it when that movie's available in theaters. I am seeing that first week. Oh, we're going. The fact it's that it's a, actually it's completed. It's a must. Yeah. It, it, it's a must. But like, I asked him if he could sign uh, one of the cards for my friend uh, Manny because Manny didn't give me anything for him for uh, him to get stuff signed. Mm. He said, "Yeah, sure." After he signed uh, my eight by ten and the Funko Pop and the figure I got. Mm. Because the Funko Pop was from my friend uh, Gabe. Mm. Literally, just as I'm about to walk away, he's like, oh, yeah, didn't you want the autograph for your card, uh, for your friend? I'm like, oh, yeah. 
like it slipped my mind. Yeah, like he almost forgot too, but he but he ended up remembering. Like, soup like super down to earth and fucking dude. Like, there has been a lot of celebrity deaths. Yeah, but this one cut pretty deep. Like, as someone who like yeah, I didn't grow up in the nineties mm-hmm. when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was on. When Zio was on, when Turbo was on, but I was watching Power Rangers uh, when he was on Dino Thunder. It's pretty special when the on the Green Ranger finally showed up. Yep, it was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, because I I also when it was able when it was on Netflix, I went back and rewatched it. It's still there. Yeah, it the is. original series though, they took a lot of the extra ones off. Oh, you mean the uh, the the uh, Jetix version where it's like has the cheesy like. Uh, like uh, color pops and whatnot. They took that one off. They took Time Force off, which will never ever be forgotten. That's why my new username is Hulu laughs at you. <laughs> Time Force was good. I wanted to watch the Power Ranger movie so badly, but it was removed from HBO. I'm like, Fuck. yeah. And our and our VHS player is in our front room, not connected to the TV. That's funny. Go and figure. I still have the VHS tape of the Mighty Morphin movie. Ivan Ooze. That dude was selling lean. <laughs> I like how that just became he was a... posted on the block, selling fucking lean. I think that was in like 2015, where that got bought off back before we called things meme. It was mm-hmm. like one of the biggest memes that got bought off at that time. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yo, back when Ivan Ooze was selling lean in our childhood. So, so at like little circuses and shit for kids. So, and uh, nobody was saying shit. But yeah. But no matter where what convention you went to, you didn't like the mystery behind it for a while before like, you know, like it kind of like went like the Power Ranger uh like fandom fandom kind of like took a, a hiatus for a little bit. But every convention, you didn't know what color Jason David Frank was going to show up in. Well, he would show up green. He would be white. Because he would would spray or dye his hair different, like, either green or white for, like, different conventions. Well, it's 50-50 chance. Exactly, 50-50 chance of winning. But, no, like, uh, someone posted this on their TikTok, talking about how how kind of a person he was. Because... And I know this for a fact because I followed his Instagram story when he returned to the comic shop where we met him. Mm-hmm. We didn't go the second time, but uh, I followed his Instagram story. It started at like, I think, two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He was there till like 10 at night. Like what, eight hours? Yeah, because he would li- he would legitimately not just sign your stuff and move along no he would actually talk to you spend yeah. time like spend time with you like if you if he, you try, got, he got to know the individual yeah. before just like giving them what they're like asking for a picture or autograph yeah. or both mm-hmm. or whatever. and like the fit like the fit like uh if you had like kids he would literally talk to them and just be like just friendly with them and someone uh and the po- person posted this it was a convention that he went to he would stay. Jason David Frank would stay from the first person, all the way to the last. Yep. And the guy and the guy who posted it, what met him at a Comic Con. 
maybe I think I think he said like four or five years ago mm. he was the last person in line, and Jason David Frank stayed all the way till him. Wow. So like that goes to show like what kind of person he was because of the fact that like if you think about it, name another actor from Power Rangers who really supported the pro- the franchise as he as he did. It was the most iconic one. Not and, yes. But also, Say him and Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah. But, like, Amy Jo Johnson doesn't do that many, like, conventions like that. For a while, she used to do a lot. For a while, she did. But, like, that would legitimately, like, wave the Power Ranger flag at Comic-Cons and whatnot. Yeah, now she's just being a mom well, now. It was great. I remember everyone, you know, everyone's favorite Ranger was always, you know, either the Pink Ranger or the Red Ranger, depending on who it was, right? And that all meant shit once the fucking Green Ranger got introduced. Everyone was like, who are you? Oh, did you guys ever You're hear? You're cool. You guys ever hear about, like, uh, the draft that they have for one of the scripts where it was going to be, like, a Civil War-style, like, storyline where they just, like, recruit new Rangers and have it split to who's going to go with the Green or Red Ranger mm-hmm. storyline? Yeah. That yeah. what if? I wanted that so bad when I found out about that, like, in 2015. And you know, you know, it's something that I actually wanted to see because I actually learned about the character more. I wanted to see something about Lord Draken, like an actual movie about that character. Because yeah, it's, it's only played out in the comics. Yeah. And like that, that's that little teaser that they made for it, like that little fan film starring Jason David Frank, was so good. It made me want to actually see a movie about it. Yeah. Especially since Draken kills Power Rangers. Yeah. It's it's what would happen if Tommy Oliver went true evil. And it's also a storyline that never really was like done in the actual like mythos of like the franchise to that extent. It was always just insert villain here, really. Yeah. It was all and then maybe comedy. have one big threat where you could bring like all the other ones from like past like series or seasons. But with like different themes, but never anything like that hardcore where it's just like I like killing rangers. Yeah. That's about it. But, yeah, like, Jason David Frank as, like, a person, it's just, like, hearing all this stuff about him, mm-hmm. it's just, like, dude, this world really lost an actual good soul. Yeah. Like, like, you said, like, mental health is a thing, and yeah. it absolutely blows. Someone, someone said it. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was heel Kevin on uh, TikTok. Mm. Uh, I believe he said that. Uh, fuck, I'm literally blanking on what he said. Even though I literally saw it like two days ago. Shit. If I if I remember by the time we end this segment, I'll bring it up again. Yeah. But it's just like. Oh, yeah, now I remember what he said. Like, when you see, like, people talk about, like, certain people, like, oh, that really hit home. That really hit home. Like, when Kobe passed away, like, I understand why that hit home yeah. for certain for certain people. Uh, I grew up on Kobe, bro. That, that, that hit hard a little bit. Not gonna lie. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, not you. Not you. But, yeah, like, but there are people that re- that are, like, how can you have such a how could you feel that way about someone like you probably never met? Yeah. Whereas 
Jason David Frank, it was like, even if you didn't meet him, it's just like you knew what kind of person he was mm-hmm. regardless. Not from either secondhand stories like ours or like how he, like what he talked, like when he ta- was, uh, would post on Instagram. Yeah. Like this world really lost a good one. This one really fucking hit home. Yeah. Bro, I remember when they first brought him into Mighty Morphin. You know he was only supposed to be on for uh, 16 episodes, right? Yeah, and then, you know, no one... He, he became the bet, like most favorited one. The children demanded, and they had chosen their star. Exactly, like, come and on. If the, and if the broadcasters and the people who write the show disagreed with the children, there was exactly. going to be a revolution and a rise where it was just going to be children massacring the TV executives. Because here's, exactly. here's the thing. He, he, remember... be like a fucking thing that Stewie would do in Family Guy, except actually real gruesome. Power Rangers movie, right? The scene where they're all doing the skydiving thing, right? Yeah. All of them are jumping out, and they all got parachutes, right? Parachutes. Well, Tommy says, yeah, fuck that shit. Got a, I got a board. Jumps out in a surfboard. I'm like... He also had a parachute, too. But he had parachute. a board. He had a board. The board made it cooler. Yeah, because he could surf down mountainsides you know, if he wants to. Exactly. You know why he was only planned for 16 episodes, right? Why? Because uh, Power Rangers is an import from Japan. Mm-hmm. In Japan, it's called Super Sentai. Yeah. Super Sentai. And in the in the Japanese footage, the Green Ranger just disappears. Mm. So it's like they couldn't really do that. And I guess they somehow worked with it. To give him the amount of time he was in the show, okay. like limited footage and whatnot, mm-hmm. and then he turned into the White Ranger, which, by the way, the White Ranger isn't even a part of uh, Mighty Morphin in Japan. Yeah, it's an original idea. No, mm-hmm. it's a part of another se- series uh, season. Really? Yeah, Super Sen- It would uh, uh, Mighty Morphin in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was another one after that, like in between uh, Alien Rangers. Okay. In like the Japan series, the White Ranger is that one's uh, Sixth Ranger. Oh. So it's like they took, so they somehow edit, made it work where the White Ranger is in the Mighty Morphin series. Interesting. Yeah. What a time to be alive as a kid. The color white having more significance in Playground Mythos. But that, and also everyone wanted to be green after mm-hmm. the Green Ranger showed up during recess. I get to be Green Ranger. All of a sudden, the Red Ranger is not even attainable anymore. No, it's, it's like, like it's like oh, it's such a demotion to say I want to be a Red Ranger during recess. But now. if you th- if you really think about it, and this goes for any Power Ranger series, honestly, seriously, the the specialty sixth Ranger always has the coolest shit. Sometimes. Sometimes, if you watch recent series, it's like, a 50-50. Like, I had the, the time. time Force one was pretty badass. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was the pretty... And it was also a Red Ranger that was yep. st- still badass. Yep. Like, I had the Titanium Max that doubled as a fucking blaster. Wasn't there I the had... Wild Force one that was just a silver fucking wolf? I had... It was like a pool, a pool cue. I had yeah, the, I, I so. had the Magnum Defender blaster. Yo, he fucking, had all uh, the fucking figures. From what was it? Uh... Lost was, Galaxy. Yes, that was my favorite. Oh, one. that one was a good one. That was my favorite shit. That was my favorite. Uh, my favorite one next to Mighty Morphin. Remember SPD? Where they're freaking? Where it was just like a cop dog. You know what? You know what? Uh, scene really hits home, and this really hit home after seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me not want to watch this episode again. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the Forever Red episode. That was a good episode. Because the ending, uh, Cole, the Red Wild Force Ranger, when Tommy's walking away, he's like, so that was Tommy. He really is a legend. And it's just like, that, hearing that It hits now, home differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It hits fucking home. I'm like, fuck. This, if I were to rewatch that episode, I would cry. Yeah. I'm a fucking 21 year old man. I will admit it. That will make me cry. His brother was actually in Zio. Yeah. And his brother, uh, passed away, I think, I think early 2000s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like, let's also not forget, like we're talking about Power Rangers, but let's also not forget his, uh, his mixed martial arts career, his, uh. Yeah, he has a legitimate martial arts background. Yeah, he's he, a legitimate badass. I remember when he tried to call out CM Punk to fight in the octagon. That shit was funny as fuck, and I someone wanted to made, see that so bad. Someone made a fan uh, high, uh, hype uh, video for it. It's still on YouTube, I believe. It sounds funny as it, fuck. No, it is so fucking cool. If I if I don't have time to show you after this, I will send you the link to it. That sounds funny. Because I can find it, and I will. But... Like, he was an eighth-degree black belt. It's pretty high. Uh, if I remember correctly... The highest is tenth, I think. Yeah, let me... Uh, Fact check it. Yeah. Pretty sure it's tenth is the highest. Eighth is pretty fucking high, though. Well, That's wait. several years. He probably had to have been going since he was a child. Yeah. Like, when they casted him, man, they knew what they were doing. He that was only 19. Was... Jeez, he was just a kid. He, he was about 19 because he was the same age as he's about two years younger than my mom. How was that age? That's how I got know. out of high school, man. That's fucking nuts. It is. Yeah, he was an eighth degree black belt. Uh, his style was, uh, you, you, you could read that a little better than me. Okay, that uh, style. Toso Kundo. Stances Orthodox. He's from Houston, Texas. I didn't know that. And Team Silverback MMA. And his rank was 8th degree Dan Black Belt in Shotokan Karate. Black Belt in Wadawiyu Karate. Black Belt in Taekwondo. Black Belt in Judo. Purple Belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And an Arjun degree in Muay Thai. Jesus, this dude took Muay Thai. And he had a years active of 2010. In MMA. And his mixed martial arts record was one win and one by submission and zero losses. That's it. Amateur MMA. Oh, he had an amateur record. Okay, he wasn't just straight pros. All right, so four wins, two by knockout, and two by submission. He was 4-0. and oh. Overall, his uh, fight record is pretty much 5-0. and oh. Jeez. Yeah. And it would be, let's see, three by submission and two by knockout. He likes to put people to sleep, I guess. Doesn't say how, but that's quite the fucking resume. Yeah. Especially yeah. like with the... Belt, Bra- a black belt in five different... like The Muay Thai and the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu one are pretty intriguing. Because like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is very high-end like high-end grappling yeah and muay thai is like straight up strikes like basically strengthening your like forearms and your shins to take blows and also dish out like elbows and like knees and 
straight kicks. Yeah. By strengthening like your like appendages to be like boxing and shields to get your shit in. Yep. Those are two completely different styles. And he's pretty like high ranked in that and several different forms of karate. Yeah. And also judo. Yeah. He's a he is a Power Ranger through and through. Yeah, he, like he really was though. I mean, like if anyone figuratively and literally. Yeah, literally it, it goes both ways. Like if anyone embraced the like Power Ranger like fan base, it was him. Like did you see the chain? Did you see the iced out fucking uh, what do you call it? Legend of the um, White Dragon. White Dragon chain. Did you not see that? No, I have oh not. Oh my god! This dude's obsessing over bling. This is unique. <laughs> yeah, I know. He barely wore the watch I got for him for Christmas Ooh. a year ago. Damn, was that a year ago? Yeah. But no, it's just like he said. I don't need it. Hold up. But no, this, I but... got my phone. And I like Jason David Frank, man. Like I just remember. <laughs> what? Let me see. He's trying to show the chain. What the? Oh, that's so awesome. But hold up. I'm gonna. I have an actual question. Well, that's to pretty ask. cool. I have an actual right. a- question to ask. Uh, what was your favorite memory of Power Rangers involving Jason David Frank? All right. Well, for me, it's the two things. Like, I've owned multiple uh, Power Ranger like VHSs. Yeah. The two that I always found myself going back to that I had to keep rewatching. Green with Evil? All seven parts. Seven. Or five parts. Five. I think I think it was seven parts. Four. It was a seven-part miniseries, I believe. Three. I don't remember. I had all of them. One. I remember having all of them. Botch. And then the Power Rangers movie. Where Ivan Ooze was selling me. (laughs) That was the one where I had. Everything else we would rent back when stuff like that was like Like, Those are the only ones that I think I actually like owned aside from like a couple like power playbacks. I have TV like on Saturday mornings. I have. That you would like record. I have both Power Ranger movies. I have. the Mighty Morphin movie and the Turbo movie, mm-hmm. but for me, this is also my favorite moment. Is also mainly because when I watched it as a kid, I had no idea about it. Mm-hmm. But as I got older and went back to rewatch it, yeah, and knowing everything, yeah, two different things. Hmm. Him with a uh, Kimberly okay. after he lost his powers, yeah. Because it's just like this is what the fans have been wanting, yeah. Since they start, like since the since like the two characters started together, and then him morphing again in Dino Thunder, yeah. Because like you knew he was gonna be back in the suit as soon as you saw him in the the first episode. Listen, the second he got introduced in Dino Thunder, I'm like, there's no way that you are not getting into a suit at some point during this series. Yeah, it's just not happening. It's fate. It's going to happen. Yeah, and like for me, I just I remember this one line, and it was always the funniest line to me as a kid from the Mighty Morphin movie, 
It was uh, the interaction between the Power Rangers and uh, Ivan Ooze. He's like, uh, they're like, oh, you don't know who you're dealing with. He's like, oh, really? Jason they were Frank's just like, yeah, we're the Power Rangers. <laughs> and, <laughs> Ivan, oh my and Ivan Ooze was just like, whoo, where's my autograph <laughs> book? <laughs> Like, that would get the biggest laugh out of me as a kid. It did, because it's just like, wait, where's my autograph <laughs> And, like, I, like, my mom posted on, on her Facebook uh, saying, like, I know this was a fact. I would be up till, like, 3 in the morning watching uh, Power Rangers on Jet X. Yeah, because, well, yeah, you're that guy. You were that kid. Yeah, and also make you all feel old. Jet X. Yeah. Oh my God, I remember that. Oh yeah, Thanks. I know. So much Digimon and Spider-Man. Thanks. With Mark's on that. I appreciate you. They did have Power Eat Rangers shit. too. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like... Honestly, it's just like this is... like, I honestly, for real, like... If we really wanted to, we could talk about like. And notice something. One thing I also want to bring up. Holy shit! Like both, like as both Rangers, right? As both the red. I mean, not the red. Bruh. The green and the white, right? His weapons were cool as fuck. Yeah, the flute that he could somehow play over his helmet. Yep, he had a flute that he could somehow play over his helmet. It's Japanese footage. It doesn't make sense either way. And summon a giant Godzilla Mega Dragon. And also, and then he had well, Sava. Of course, the only which thing he was, was missing, fucking awesome. The only I, thing he was missing was the cat ears. Dude, Sava was a. You no, know, it's a trend. A couple dude, of Sava ago. was a pain in the ass for me as a kid. Like it would never work. I'm like trying to get it to work. Like the batteries didn't. Well, how many times did you try beat people with it, Brandon? Never, as far as I know. Damn, you used to shit his weapons like that. I I know I used to annoy my mother with the fucking OG Dragon Dagger. Oh dear God. Because the other one would just start, would just play the uh, uh, the flute sound that to summon the dragon sword the entire time. I think I had that one too. Yeah, I had that one, and I'm mad. I don't know. I think I think he broke. Let's talk about what made the Green Ranger cool. Was that fucking gold crest he had across his damn chest? Yeah, he had it for both gold and white. He did. Yeah. I mean, green and white. Just what? put every other ranger's outfit, outfit straight to damn shame. I mean, like, and then every... he would also give the shield to, like, certain rangers when needed. He gave it to Jason. He gave it to uh, Zach. Nope. So, like, like, it's not like, oh, it doesn't just protect him. It can also protect you as well. Even like, though it's just green and gold, which is a good-ass combo. Especially yeah. for an outfit like that. And black and gold works pretty good, too. But I think... Yeah, but the green. So rarely I, done I, for that. I can't wait to see what the... Legend of the White Dragon. Legend of the White Dragon looks I, like. I'm sad. Suit. I'm excited, but I'm also sad because I know they were planning on doing, like, a whole new universe. They were. Like, he, like they were planning on doing a whole new universe. He actually said that he was retiring from... Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Like he turned down being in the 30 uh yeah, the 30th anniversary which is something that uh they've all filmed. Yeah. So it's just like we were waiting on that. And he's not going to be a part of it because he said he wanted to get out of the kids TV stuff. 
mm-hmm. which I don't, I, I didn't blame them. I wouldn't yeah. blame them. Like you, you're know. very limited to what you can really do, especially yeah. when you've been doing that for several years at that point. Yeah. So like, honestly, we could go on for fucking ever just talking about Power Rangers and just like his impact on the franchise and hit, and it's because of him getting us into the franchise that made us want to keep watching every other season that came out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it fucking sucks, dude, that he, do, that one, he doesn't get to see his child come out into theaters. Yeah. Because literally, Legend of the White Dragon was something that he made, he started with a kickstart. Mm-hmm. It was because of that, that he was, because I believe the few tiers were like, oh, like uh, a short film. Uh, and like some, I forgot the other ones, but the most money would be like theatrical release. And the fact that now he's not here to see that, fucking, I'm seeing that uh, movie when it comes out. Almost feels like a Bruce Lee situation there. Yeah, and where it could be- potentially be like a high-grossing thing, which it actually and very seen, well could be I've like in a tribute way. Yeah, posted the on teaser, Instagram yeah, and stuff of him like you know fighting in the actual suit. Yeah, and how much he, he says yeah, how much he actually loves fighting in that suit. Like, it really sucks because it's just like he le- like he leaves behind his four kids. And I mean, even wrestlers were inspired by him, man. Yeah, like, like, oh, uh, like I couldn't believe like when wrestlers started like posting pictures. I like some of the people. I'm like, wow, everyone like has met Jason David Frank. Can you oh, list shit. a few of them off? Uh, Sa- uh, Sasha Banks. Yep. Ricochet. Yep. Alexa Bliss. Yep. Xavier Woods. Yep. Which is an obvious one because he was. Yes, all Xavier Woods was one. It was a whole new day. He was all because he was also on Up Up Down Down. Yes, he was. Also, like remember the time where uh, Kofi and Xavier dressed up in like yeah. uh, the white and green ranger for a tag team that match. Was cool as fuck. He posted. They, he yes. actually posted that saying like he inspired us. Yep. Because like Ronda Rousey, Ronda. There's a lot of wrestlers that met him. Leo Rush, who yep. is also going to be in Legend of the White Dragon. Is he really? Yeah, he was casted. Uh, that's crazy. A while ago, he he was casted a while ago. That I had no clue. But uh, honestly, Jason David Frank, thank you so much for what you've done for our childhoods. Like, honestly, you were a big inspiration for a lot of us. Yeah. Like you were one of the coolest good good guys and bad guys for a you, lot of us. You you were one of our. Very first faces and he face and heel at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, You're, first accepted heel, like first a accepted face, face turn. Face, yeah, first accepted face turn from face a heel turn. in childhood. Exactly. Like it's like you know what you all right. <laughs> like, you good. Thank you for honestly being an inspiration to like for multiple generations. Right. Not even just like not even Nick's or mine or. Like even the the next generation, like like he managed to find a way to always be involved in some way, shape, or form, and it always never disappointed. The cameo from the movie we got the theater release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, when he popped up on screen, and I remember this too, because 
because I was excited because I had made a bet with Adrian. Oh, you made a bet about it? When we went to the theaters, I'm like, dude, because you remember the version of the theme song that they had for the uh, Mighty Morphin movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like the higher pitch version. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm calling it. They're going to play that in the movie. And as dude, and and as the Zords are running to fight Goldar, you hear that version of Power Rangers. I'm like, I called it, but I was excited for that. And then afterwards, seeing him on screen, like my theater was just clapping nonstop for him. I didn't even notice Amy Joe Johnson. I just noticed uh, Tommy. That was it. I did. I did. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like this. This was absolutely heartbreaking, and seeing uh, Amy Joe Johnson's. Uh, live stream afterwards mm. fucking i was depressed sunday i was hoping to be better on monday i saw a clip of her live i'm like fuck i'm depressed again because like you really felt how much she really loved jason david frank and how much he meant to her yeah and just to everybody in general it's just like this world, Jason Faust even said it, man. Like the that was like his big brother. Yeah, like the picture that he posted of them just like hugging and him with the biggest like grin on his face. Yeah, like this world really lost a good soul. Yeah, and yeah, make sure to check in on the ones you love. Like, make sure you're there for them. Make sure that everybody's okay because one phone call can. And this is the truth. One phone call can extend someone's life from five minutes to ten more years. Because they just know, because they'll know, like, at least there's one person in this world that cares about them. Facts. So, yeah, uh, especially with it being Thanksgiving. Like and the holidays in general. We got yeah, Christmas next month. A and New Year's. Like, the time, like, this is the time to be around family, love your family, and just be around them. And if you are ever in uh, a dark mind state and you feel like you're getting to that point where you can't go on, call somebody. Like I said, there are hotlines that will help. Like it does. Like there are a lot of people, myself included, who have just been in a negative mindset that have called and it has helped just because there is someone there listening to you. So yeah, just reach out for reach out if you ever need it. Like reach out, reach out to family, friends, the hotline. Reach out to, you, hell, you could reach out to high side of the ropes themselves. Like we're, we're here. Like we act like we care about everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah, like Jason David Frank, we love you. Thank you so much for everything you have done for us. It was an honor to meet you in person. Honestly, one of the I literally called out of work to meet him. You know that I did tell you that. Yeah, no, I mean it was a good reason. Yeah, but yeah, it was a very good reason. JDF, thank you so much. We'll and, be we're yeah. gonna take a quick brief intermission. Uh, we will be right back with a recap, and I guess relive of. Here. It's Morphita. <laughs> Dragon Zord. And we're back with a second half. Second half of the show. 
Now let's so, talk about something a little positive from our from this weekend. So um, we actually got some stories for you guys. Uh, this was involving a, a homeless man and a train. All right. Well, we know. Okay. Jeez, so work your way to the okay, fucking point. So my guy. it wasn't a homeless man. Well, right? we think. We think. No, that we that we know of. So so the day starts where all right. So everyone was eight. Everyone ate something beforehand. Right? Yeah, we were all. Mike so, was on his way to us. John was already at Prudential. Yeah, John. John was already there. John, John went there like early as hell. Yeah, he could have gone with us, but okay. So, but um, okay, that's how you're looking eventually, at it. Eventually, yeah. eventually, we took three separate cars. We parked on the block next to the light rail station, and we were going to go from there, right? We're just well, at, well, as we're getting our stuff together and we're ready to go. We see a man walk past us wearing a hospital gown, yellow slipper socks, those with the with the rubber soles underneath them, wearing flip-flops, and it's cold as fuck outside. Yeah. And that's all he's got on. We had a lot of us were wearing three layers. And this that's guy, all he's got on. This guy's walking on the border of Nork. In the freezing cold. This literally. dude escaped the hospital like he it was a GTA he, he, mission. He literally, he literally escaped the hospital. And the hospital where we parked is literally just like two blocks up the road. And we are just thinking about it, too, after we saw him walk up and turn the corner. It's just like, yo, like, the nearest hospital actually is pretty fucking close. Yeah, it's so like a couple, like, minutes away. It's literally two blocks over. Yeah. So we're like, all right, well... That was fucking weird. That's probably the weirdest thing we're going to fucking see all day, right? Well, we'll get into it later on, folks. So, we get to Prudential Center, right? We're kind of just chilling outside. We're trying to gather... Smoking. We're trying to gather the group together right now. I, this now, is the one time I was not high, because, and I did it for a reason. So, I had about uh, five... I, I had about five pre-rolls on me. Uh, Eddie had another two. Um, I had a cart. You had a cart. We we were rolling in full effect, man. So we were just chilling outside, at, like just passing the time, seeing what was out there. Well, doors aren't even open yet. We're all freezing our asses off, by the way. When we met up with John. We found out he was doing some stupid shit earlier. Yeah, and then we also <laughs> found out that Jan was with him, and I'm like, oh shit, he's here too. I forgot that here. Jan was actually there. It wasn't until afterwards where I went on like Facebook when that still actually is a thing now. Yeah. Uh, and found out that he actually checked in that. He was there. Yeah. Because he still updates his Facebook. Yeah. Didn't know people still do that outside of family members. But uh, we were kind of just waiting. I went live. It was. Uh, you went live. Eddie went live. Eddie attempted to go live. And then he wanted. <laughs> Did his phone fuck up? He wanted me to invite him for some reason. Then we started getting. You right next to each right other. Next to each other. I'm like, what did you Entertain think was going to your followers. I'm like, what do you think was going to happen? Entertain your followers. Show up for the venue. Show off the flags that they had on the poles outside. That was good. I showed the crowd, man. It was it was lit. Like, so we got, then we got inside. And I, this was the weirdest thing to me, right? Because we were going through security after we finally got in the door, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had to take everything out of our pockets, you know, blah, blah, blah. You had to take your belt off. I did not. Who among us did? John, was it Mike? John. John and Mike. Oh, John had to take his off John too. John had to take his off yeah. too. I had a little I, had, I did I was surprised that I had to take mine off. I know, because I had metal in mine. 
That was bizarre. It's very weird. But as we're going through the metal detector, right, I'm going to pick my stuff back up, right? Just fuck these guys. And the woman looks at me and goes, uh, what is that? I'm like, what? She's like, that yellow pack. I'm like, cigarettes. my cigarettes? And she's like examining them like mad hard. And I'm like, and she's like, okay, you're good. I'm like, the fuck did you think they were? Like, I don't think she's seen that pa- that kind of pack. I think she might be used to uh, Marvel Red Label Hundreds and stuff like that. I mean, either way, I, might, I mean, like, it's a pack of cigarettes. You, you can, can't, can't tell it's a pack of cigarettes? Like, shit. That was fucking weird. It made me feel some type of way about bringing in, like, you know, the cartridge box. Yeah. I mean... They got through because I remember uh, Brandon saying to John about like the vape thing they're cool with. And I believe the last yeah. time I was there, I think I maybe did have a car on me when me and John went to Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Can't quite remember. But I think that may have been the case. I just never actually openly hit it in there. But yeah. full gear, that that did not stop us. No, that did not stop us at all. <laughs> that made, that enhanced the night for a few matches. Our section got a little bit of smoky. Oh, dude. Like, it, it started to get pretty smoky. I, I timed my shit perfectly. It was, like, right during entrances where the lights turned off in between shit. Mm-hmm. That shit was strategically planned. Man, the show opened up with... Uh, well, there's the pre-show where we began uh, meeting around with everyone. Yeah, the pre-show, we started trying to, like, get our group together. Our boys, Fareed and Anthony, they had floor seats, so they got... Fareed actually made it on TV. Yeah, he did. I have the picture. I'm gonna. I actually gotta post that. He actually made it on TV, and you see him clear as day. Did you see Brett's video of him freaking out with uh, Sting in his section? Yeah, it's Sting. It's Sting. And then you see Tim just sitting there, like jumping next to him. So before we're we're sitting there watching the pre-show, and you know Mike went to go get a snack. So uh, we did a. We, we decided to meet up with our boys, Tim and Brett, from mm-hmm. the Heels Court. Shout out, Heels, Heels Court. Court. We found out Vic didn't come, even though he said he was. He was out partying it up. Thanks, thanks, Vic. You know, my feelings aren't hurt or anything. We'll you, do this again sometime, pal. Don't worry. You better have gotten fucking laid. You literally have to, like, I, I want to know the excuse, Vic. Vic, don't make me turn this from fuck your feelings, Tim, to fuck your feelings, Vic. Damn you, Vic. Don't make me do it, Vic. Did you go horseback riding without me? But all of a sudden, I see Brett and Tim beer around the front, and I'm like, holy shit, my boys. Like, fuck, this is a long time coming. You were like a child to I Tim. was. I'm like, yo, bro, like, th- like, I literally talk to these guys, like, every fucking day. Tim was, like, two feet taller than man, you, dude. I'm like, yeah. yo, I don't even know if he wants to say, yo, fuck your feelings to this man. This man's a whole... Like <laughs> person above him, Tim's like shit, bro. Yeet. But now we were talking a little bit. We were talking about like what to expect from the card. You know, once the actual main show really started, that's when we found our seats. Another thing that we and Brett talked about, we both shared a birthday, and that was like our first time actually meeting, and that was something that got discussed a little bit. That's fucking. Cool. I didn't know me and him shared a birthday until you both tagged us in the post, and I'm like. Holy shit, he has the same birthday as me? That's kind of fucking cool. That's fucking dope. Yeah, so that was like something that we talked about. Also, like, you know, some of the match cards going on. Because it was the pre-show with uh, the Factory and the Best Friends with Orange Cassidy and one of their fifth member, which turned out to be Dan Housen. Evil Housen. Evil Housen. Yep. Evil Housen. 
Evil. Farid got one of his teeth. Evil. Yeah, Farid. So we'll get to that. But Farid actually somehow got a Danhausen tooth. Me and Eddie ran into someone from high school, which yeah. we didn't expect either. Yeah, I know. It was a wild night, man. It, the show opened with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That what an was great. opening! Jungle Boy bled like a motherfucker. It was fantastic. He hopped off the cage. That was fucking great. They wrestled outside the cage. They wrestled outside the cage. They it felt like a hell in a cell. And then when you looked at uh, Jungle Boy's attire afterwards, yeah. it was Shawn Michaels themes, mm-hmm. and it fit very perfectly with the match they had. Like, yeah. it was a steel cage, and they brawled outside. I thought something like that would kind of take away from it. They brawled outside for a little bit and went right back in the cage. They only spent like about five minutes outside. Overall, great match. I thought it was a hell of a fucking opener. I love AEW's cage matches so far. And then the next next we had um. We ain't gonna just talk not avoid talk about that dive that they had in that match. I did where he jumped off the cage. Oh, they're gonna move on yeah, to the next he was, match. Through the table and then he choked him out with the devil with the, with the snare trap. Snare, snare trap. trap. But up next. We had Death Triangle versus Carry On My Wayward, the wayward son. son. So the Wayward Sons. Um, yeah, the Elite returned. I was so happy that we got to actually be there for their return. We were we were hoping that I was hoping even the though the pop that came on when it so, said that, that was the next match, so just, and we we're all like, "Wait, what? So, Yo, give us a chance to breathe here, guys!" Like, so just to give you a, a where we were. Um, we were one row down from where you're able to put your back up against the wall. We should have just. We stayed, were that high. We should have just stayed up there. It to was, be honest. Well, after a first few matches, people just left there. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's what I mean. But also, we were too comfy. We just like yeah. naturally I gravitated. Was, into I was our ripped seats. as fuck. You're welcome. Yeah, and with I how hot, so fucking ripped. And with oh, how high God. we were, I oh, know. by the main event, I was on another planet. I was just like. Like scouting this match as like definitely so like as if I was like an opponent to be featured in like the sequel to like I'm this definitely bullshit. somewhere between like Mars and Saturn. Like oh, somewhere. dude, the but, peak was like the interim women's match. But yeah. like for me, for me, us being that high up, I know my anxiety. I wouldn't be able to do it high. It was a good reason. I remember I was just like, "Yo, I can't believe you're the only one who doesn't want to do it because I know you're not working, John." John didn't surprise me. I thought he'd be drink, <laughs> drinking like a beer, like from where he was, because he was a few sections above us. He was a few uh, beside us. He oh, beside. Ne- oh, yeah, it was, was next to us. Oh, okay, it was horizontal. I didn't know it was more up. Was that like threes? I don't know. But they no, gave us where the... we were was the top of the building. That was it. Oh, okay. Well, it was just the start of it, basically. They gave us the elite and death triangle as the second match of the night. Shit. And let to, us fucking and, breathe and calm the fuck down. And also, uh, let me just and let's just remember the lyrics sound like they're taking shots at CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I think that's a given, but they also have said that they wanted to use that song for a while. I know, because it's also something they That used. was the song that they wrestled to in backyard as kids. Yeah. Or entrance like, to. But it's just like the, the like the lyrics if it's like, like it, yeah, sure. It's a double entendre of meanings be- for them and also a certain someone else. Yes. It's like, there will be peace when you are gone. And then to the fans, don't you cry no more. Like, everything is fine. We are back. Yep. But it was a really great match. Uh, Death Triangle with the win. We're not just going to talk about, like, We're that there. one. You're just jumping to the end of the match. Like, Death, Death Triangle the got the win. But this match 
was everything. It Pac, kicked all sorts of asses. Pack broke his asses. nose like at some point in the match. He definitely did. It took like a couple minutes to know that he had a broken nose. Yeah. Uh, we actually found out that this is going to be a best of seven series now. Well, that was later on in the show where they announced but, that with uh, the dynamite plans. But think about this. Pack and Omega had a fucking banger at Revolution. Yes, they did. Punks and Lucha Bros put on a banger every time they're in the ring. Yep. Now it's all six men in the ring. And th- and also think about this. Triple pile driver. And think about this. That was a great spot. Pac. Let's talk about that chant. Yeah. Wait, hold on. But Pac beat Omega. Mm-hmm. And the Lucha Bros have always beat the Bucks. Yep. Omega beat Now Pac. it's a six. Now it's a six. Wait, really? Yeah, the Iron Man match. I don't remember what match it was, but I, it was like someone said that Pac beat uh, Omega. I don't remember. That was at All Out. All Out. That was the all, first All Out. All Out. He put him to sleep with the Brutalizer. Yeah. All Out. I think that's what it was. All Out. Pac beat Omega. Lucha Bros beat Bucks. Yeah, the same night. Yeah. And now, all six men are in the ring. Death Triangle walks out victorious. Nope. The way that they did it actually worked out very well. Yeah. Like, uh, with the hammer being a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be clean sweep, elite win, like, keep it pushing. And I thought, like, Ray not using the hammer would be the cause of, like, the breakup. He threw it away early on in the match. Yeah. Thought that was going to be a dead giveaway. We're not going to see this happen. It's going to be the cause. Yeah. Gives it to him again when he's about to take the one-winged angel. And he uses it. Straight up rolls it up into a pin, gets the win. But... You can tell afterwards, he's like, I didn't want to win that way. Yeah. yeah. But that one chant that we had early on in the start of the match. And that, got, that t- got a special spot on BTE. And also got taken down by Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. And Eddie tried to get going after the show. Yeah, he tried to force this chant quite a few times during the show and afterwards. And also- Pick your moments, my guy. It was a fuck CM Punk chant. It took a while for us to catch it when you were recording it. Mm-hmm. But then we all- thought we were chanting. We thought they were chanting "fuck him up." It did sound like that. But then, as it got uh, as the sound it elevated, I'm like, wait. I'm like, yo, no, they're saying "fuck CM Punk," and then it was just like, oh, okay, fuck CM Punk. No, fuck Sam Punk. One- fuck Sam Punk. The whole row of us, just like, okay. And then that one guy. At some point uh, in the show, he's like, we, we want, want punk. punk. No, we don't. <laughs> Amazing. It'd be interesting after this match, and especially after Dynamite this week, which we'll probably talk about in another future episode. Uh, what Punk's status is really going to be after all this if he doesn't go back to WWE? Because you already had MJF in the post-Dynamite, like, you know, yeah. give his statement on it. Yeah. And it's like, this is someone who, like, admired and looked up to you. And you pretty much gave his best feud in the company. That'll forever be probably one of AEW's greatest feuds with its homegrown guys, really, with MJF. Yeah. To, eh. But... A fan that was a loud ass chant too. And I remember the video he showed me from 2021 from his return to 2022. Just the return from uh Chicago. That loud ass chant for him just like CM Punk to just that. And it's just wow. 
Yeah, so we're all just sticking around with the elite here. Smart decision, but we did see some CM Punk shirts going in. Yeah, yeah. we saw a few. And the CM and the shirt and the shirt that they released, I feel like was a jab at Punk as well. The shirt that they came out with was like the AEW logo, but with the A and W removed, and it just has the E and Elite, basically saying, "Yeah, uh, there is no All Elite Wrestling without the Elite." Which, honestly, when I saw that, I'm like, yo, even the merchandise is taking shots. It's like, and we're off. But, yeah, this is only the second match, and it was just two Yeah, It was a surprise that they lost. I had them as a shoe-in to win. And then we had, like, uh, that revelation later on the show where Mm -hmm. they floored us with the best of seven. It's like, wait, so we get to see this six more times? Yep. Six more bangers from these three, from these six. But I'm calling, and I know how this is going to play. Oh, yeah. It's going to go all the way to California. Yep. And the the Elite's going to win it in Cali. Yeah. Bucks. Yep. Uh, The Elite's going to win it in Cali, hands down. This is in the new year, too. Yeah. But. So then what happened after that? What what match was up next? Um, It wasn't the tag. That's the main event. No, right? That's the co-main. It was Jade Cargill with Kiera Hogan and Layla Gray versus Nyla Rose and Maria Shafira, Vicky Guerrero. So can I just and Vicky say real and quick, Vicky gave us a yeah, WWE. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, can I just like say real quick? I don't know why people are getting mad that Vicky Guerrero did that entrance with that T-shirt. I think it's, I didn't know people did. That's a stupid like, reason. Like, like people, there are a couple of people that are like getting like, oh, uh, like you know weird about it and just because it's Rhea's and, I, and I, I'm sitting there I'm like that's you know her husband but you know whatever and also it I was the first one to notice it it took you guys like halfway through the match to realize it took us when she got to the ring to really notice because they remember the entrance with the low rider no but oh, the, that was great no but the shirt itself I saw it at first when I was watching the screen mm-hmm. and I said to you guys and you can actually uh if you go on the Instagram page, you hear me saying it like, yo, look at the shirt. Look at the shirt. You guys were like, uh, I know you and Eddie were like, uh, I don't think so. It took Eddie. It was like halfway through the match. Eddie's just like, yeah, I think Brandon was, is right. I think it is a I'm your mommy shirt. I'm like, because I saw the that's M. It, I just saw the I'm part. I'm like, yeah, it's clearly that. That's what I don't know what else it would be. That's what it is. They're getting mad that uh, that's what it was. They were getting mad that Vicky Guerrero was using it in an entrance to let, because everyone, you know, is considering it as Rhea's now. Kind of makes me mad she's not in WWE to run that whole angle with her and Dominic right now, actually. I think that'd be uh, funny as fuck. <laughs> and it's just like, well, you know, Vicky has all the right to wear that. I mean, that is her husband. She was married to the man. That was, and, that, uh, and that's a parody. That's, yeah, that's her husband, all in all. That's a parody <laughs> of her husband's catchphrase. Exactly. An iconic t-shirt at that. Yeah. Like, like, no matter where you go, like, action figures always have the I'm your poppy shirt. Yep. Always comes with it. Always. Yeah, I have one of the figures. But, but honestly, that match was great. Even, like, uh, what do you call it? Jade Cargill's... Uh, attire. I'm sorry. This gets, like, literally, like, attire, wrestling inspiration attire of the fucking year. Jade Cargill with the Chitara fucking attire. That shit was great. I don't know. I'm still on her She-Hulk one. I, She-Hulk the She-Hulk good. one, the Storm one. I'm gonna be honest. 
when I first saw her gear, I thought she was uh, Jean Grey from uh, the Phoenix Saga. It, it was, looked like that until it, we actually started to see like the knee pads yeah, that it was so actually once that. I, once I saw the symbol, I'm like, it's a parody of Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah. Thunder. Also, you saw like the cheetah patterns on like her legs. Yep. But yeah, like Jade retains forty-two and oh, it's wild. Forty-two and oh. Forty-two and zero. She's past Goldberg's streak. Who cares? Fuck Goldberg. Yeah, I wonder how long it's gonna take before she gets uh, past the fictional streak. Right. I forget what its fictional streak is, but huh? They got. Quite a few women to start building up who's going to start to take it from Jay. I mean, we got a heel Athena who just laid out Aubrey Edwards. Yeah. Now is going for the women's ROH title, which is a pretty good transition for her, I think. Having her on the ROH women's uh, division whenever they start to get a TV is a pretty good thing. Or a streaming deal, really. Yeah. Like, I know they've been in talks with uh, HBO. Yeah. About like, uh, Ring of Honor. It just depends on what they've announced, if there's anything to announce for Final Battle. Yeah. But overall, this match is pretty good. It was. It was short, but... Yeah, it was only eight minutes, but it was good for what it really was, though. A lot of power bombs in this match. A lot. That moved us into the Ring of Honor World Championship Fatal 4-Way match. Okay. You mean Apocat Central? To which, where as soon as Claudio's entrance hit, I immediately me, looked at Eddie you, you and, and me, started obnoxiously singing his theme song. You okay, and, you and so, me started I, as soon as it hit. You and me both turned to Eddie and just like, oh, da 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 da. Okay, da, da. so backstory. Eddie loves Claudio. There is no doubt about that. Him entering first was just an awesome, awesome awesome coincidence that just made us hope that it was going to happen, specifically him first, when this four-way got announced. Because he does not like his music, because Nick openly blasts it. Not all the time, but he doesn't think it's that good, so Nick actually plays it to convince him that it is good. Every single time he talks about it. Which is fairly often. There have been times we have left to go home and the radio turns on after the, he t- turns the car on and the music just continues for the rest of Claudio's theme. <laughs> or there'll be times where we're in the car driving and the theme just, like, the fucking playlist just shuffles and it just goes straight to Claudio's theme and everyone just starts dying laughing in the car. So Eddie does not like this theme anymore. <laughs> so, actually... Allow me to correct you. Allow me to correct you. Eddie was overplaying Jungle Boy's theme song. He was. To where he started singing it all the time. So my counter was was Claudio. And you know what? And it's still going. And you know what? It's funny. Every time we see him, it's just like, I just remember this huge hush and everyone's jaws dropping when Claudio's theme just started up like and everyone was like Oh my god! It's happening! It's happening! I even turned the camera toward Eddie and started singing it even louder. He's like 
He's at first he's like, huh? Oh, hi. That guitar Claudio steam never sounded better than the moment where I knew Eddie had to listen to it before anyone actually came out for the match. Yep. And then uh Brian Danielson came out afterward the next. Sammy Guevara. Yo, his Titan Tron is the Dragon Ball Z parody. That was funny as fuck. It is awesome. And then all of us together for the first time blasting out Judas. We were all singing Judas. It was amazing. And this was Nick and Eddie's first time uh, at AEW show and singing Judas. This is your first time singing Judas. Yeah, first time too. Because the last time they were in North, something happened where Jericho wasn't didn't come out to his theme song or something. I forgot what it was. Oh, I sang Judas when I went in the November one. It was pretty. It was pretty nice, but it wasn't loud like this one. Everybody sang Judas for this fucking four way. Yeah. Like, the other one was TV, and it was just for, like, a promo with, like, you know, Dan Lambert and all of the MMA guys with, like, you know, all Ego, Ethan Page, and Scorpio, where is Sky? Out with an injury. Oh, damn, that sucks. He had a nice blinged-out version of, like, the TNT title. Uh, Kobe uh, inspired. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, this match quickly just became uppercut central. Yo, we, we were... called and literally shouted out loud uppercut because that's just like okay so to give a little backstory i used to do commentary in a russian voice whenever things would just get boring uh for 2k streams back in the day and i used to very emphasize uppercut especially when we just do uh cesaro's comeback in the video game which is like 80 uppercuts in a row and just like the whole saying uppercut with like intensity like uppercut 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 just became a fucking meme and so when the match started with uppercuts you can kind of feel our glee start to build we, we jokingly said that we would count we would say uppercut to every uppercut and Real, then it was just because here's ahead. the thing we thought it would be like a few no nope. it's like 10 uppercuts to jericho and then 10 uppercuts to sammy and then Danielson and Claudio just uppercutting each other. But they had a pause and build to it. Our whole section was dying by the time that we we're actually saying uppercuts because they were just like, okay, I think they're done. They oh, just had to stare wait. down. It was like, uppercut, uppercut, wait, uppercut. Speaking, speaking of our section dying, during the uh, trios tag match, fucking something, uh, I think, uh, uh, Kenny had, I think, pack up mm-hmm. for something, and no, he had Penta or Phoenix, and Pack interfered with it, mm-hmm. and he's just, and Mike's just like, oh my god, he killed Kenny! Someone started laughing, I just shouted out, you bastard! I finished this quote. But yeah, like, our se- we were killing our section with just uppercut, uppercut, uppercut. And just the, the the fucking Danielson Claudio one was what really killed it, just because there was so many uppercuts up until that point. And then, like you can't comprehend. There was probably at least thirty by that point yeah. before Danielson and Claudio just said, "I'm gonna give you ten a piece." Yep. But no, like uh, like this match, like everybody went everywhere oh and sammy had a very close near fall when he hit the shooting star on jericho first of all he went far with that shooting star 
I thought for a second, and is he actually going to pull this off? Not only that, plus when the ripple between him and Jericho actually started happening, mm-hmm. I started chanting "Let's go, Sammy," and I got a few people doing that. But it was you hear. I don't know if you can hear it, but you probably hear a "Let's go, Sammy." Sammy sucks chant, which was probably the rest of us and everyone in the whole arena at that point, except you. Hey, why not? Because you didn't start the match like that. But honestly, no, it was just fun. For a match like this, it was great. Jericho retained. You also had Danielson getting the psycho knee yep, earlier, too. Yeah, yep. There yep. was so much chaos. There was brawling Fucking on the outside. Double, like, Claudio and Danielson having Jericho in the Boston Crab. Yep. Sammy oh, yeah. fucking springboarding in for a double cutter. Yep. Oh, that shit was clean. You, were, you thought he wasn't going to make it for a second. I thought he wasn't. He did. That boy got jumps. Yeah, but the Judas effect after the swing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was brutal. But I mean, they made it work. They recovered. Yeah. This and match he, went long. I like the the, uh, yeah. the time of it. And Jericho ended up uh, retaining the title. He is yep. still the Ocho. Yep. Which moved us into probably the most concerning match of the night. The concerning match of the night. Um. And also now we have to fucking now we can't say we can't go like to a fall to a. We still have to go to a falling in reverse concert. concert. Look, you're falling asleep trying to say that. No, I'm trying to. Run, you know, <laughs> I see what you did there. But no, we went to Soraya versus Britt Baker. This match was really fucking good. I mean, it took her a while to like start to knock some of the ring rust yeah. off, but at that point, she kind of knocked it off fairly quickly. That one spot. The only main concern that I had. That one spot. The one spot. The dragon screw neck yeah, breaker yeah, on the yeah, outside. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's well, like, okay, your neck's good? Because they had that first bump yep. where she just kind of like hung over for a little bit and just had everyone like wait in suspense. Like, is she okay? And it's like, okay, she's walking around. She's fine. But then it's just like, okay, you're fine. Okay, now time for all the neck offense I have in my weapons are. Yep. Starting with this one on the outside called Fuck Your Neck. Yep. And it just kind of kept going like that. I remember we were talking about it on the way there, and I was like fucking her off, Eddie. It's like, yo, imagine it's just this bloody warfare brawl. And that's her first match back. That would have been pretty cool. But instead it was just like, how good is your neck? <laughs> and this match was crazy. The only main concern I had is just we kind of need new names for your finishers now. Yeah. Like Paige turn, what 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 Turner? Are we just calling it a Zack attack now? Like the movie? Because hmm. that's my failsafe if I don't know what it's called. And then there's the rampage, which she had a few. Yeah. She had a few on. I thought for one second when uh, Britt Baker actually got like the lock jaw position locked in, I'm like, okay, she's got the arm scissors. I think she might actually beat her here because mm-hmm. they may just want to continue this. Yeah, no, they gave her uh, the win, the great feel-good moment, because there's this huge ovation when she came out, and the bell rang, and it was like her first official match back in like four years. But either or, great match, great moment. It was. Can't wait for what's next. And she looked pretty great after like, and her brother after, after it all broke down and everything. Can't wait to see what it's going to look like with her on the AEW roster, especially when she starts to delve more. Into more opponents, and then also like the storyline with what's going on with uh Britt and Jamie right now. Oh yeah, that adds more layers to it. Layer after layer after layer. It's like an ogre, ogre. 
Ogres have layers. It's gonna say like an Oreo, but okay. But yeah, it was definitely good to see uh, Soraya in uh, the ring again. Like there's a lot, there's ring rust, but honestly, the fact that she's back in the ring is a fucking miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, we could also say that about we said that Danielson about, too. Danielson, Edge, Edge. Austin, Lita, like Taker. Towards the end, the list goes on. Yeah, Oldberg. <laughs> oh dear God, no. What okay, was that the next one match was after this? The AEW TNT Championship match. Haas, Haas, Haas. There's Samoa- even chance for that. That fucking Samoa- Fareed started. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. AKA is B. And this I, is beef. I was not expecting. I was not expecting the outcome of this match. Beefy boys, all the rage. Beefy boys, take the stage. Beefy boys, break a name. Okay, that's weird. Break a name. I don't know. I was trying break to come up with something. They broke a couple you couldn't names. say take. You couldn't say in a cage because well, they it wasn't in a cage. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, the outcome of this match, I did not expect. I did not see Samoa Joe actually taking this. I did. I was so happy about it. Yo, these guys these guys went fucking hard. He fucked up match. when he said that I want all the belts and Joe's just here like bitch I said that first. And don't act like I ain't standing right here. I'm gonna fuck you up on like, Saturday. Like I don't have a belt too. He's like yo I'm gonna get one from my other shoulder. And he did. He did. Because he was too busy saying, I'm a powerbomb Will Hobbs. And he did it about three times. Then he got a title shot to the face, which is probably something he wasn't expecting. And then got thrown out the ring unceremoniously. No, he stayed He stayed in the ring. He was just knocked out. Okay, so belt. he was just looking at stars, basically. Yeah. And then, and you know. The biggest star of them all was Samoa Joe walking away with the TNT Championship. Yeah, after he put Will Hobbs to sleep. Yep. But these guys fucking went at it. Like, Hobbs and... Uh, Wardlow fucking diving onto them. Oh, from the top rope? Yeah, like these guys went at it. Joe threw the ropes with that signature fucking uh, forearm, which I'm still surprised he does. It kind of makes me wish for the days where he used to just say YOLO and try to clear the top rope with that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but Joe winning, I think this will... I, I, I do... I did think Joe or Wardlow would win because correction all three men could have won it just depends on who took the fall yeah mm-hmm. like if it was Joe or Wardlow it would have to be Hobbs that takes the fall yeah but if it's Hobbs Wardlow has to take the fall because then that leaves that opportunity that gives that like like I said, like if uh, Hobbs beat uh, Joe for the TNT title, he he could technically have a shot at the ROH TV title. Right after yeah. just gaining Wardlow's TNT title. Yeah. yeah. So this was the smart. This was one of the outcomes that you could have seen. Yeah. The way they played it out, the end was smart. Him walking away with both titles while you just see Wardlow figuring out what's going on to Hobbs, realizing he got beat. At the hands of Samoa Joe, who capitalized perfectly. Yeah. And he just had like almost like Wardlow being saved, 
because he wasn't involved in the decision that had his title taken from him. Mm-hmm. And, and Hobbs and Wardlow's feud still going, almost in a way of getting to the title again. Yeah. Especially since Hobbs is the reason he lost the match in the first place. <laughs> it was good. Following that, um, Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. In my world! Time to leave my mark in my world. Well, a guy in a red shirt took a swung at him during his entrance. Yeah, that was wild. I didn't like see that. Well, me and Eddie were trying to look. A lot of y'all went to the bathroom because you yeah. guys knew that the entrances were going to be long because it's just four straight entrances. I know. I, and I, I, had, to, and like, I had to use the bathroom. By I was the point. only one in my whole row from you guys. <laughs> I was just like, well, I guess I'm watching everyone's shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, bathroom break. And I'm like, all right, well, let me enjoy it. And it's just like, and I'm just like, let's fucking go. I'm right with this by myself. And it's just like, oh, wait, they're here. Like, okay, let's go. I don't sleep because my head's on fire. I hate creeps and I hate liars. Oh, sorry. I love that song. It's a good song. I fell. As soon as I saw, as soon as I found out what song it was, I downloaded it. Oh yeah, it's a great the body song. bag that was like just. I thought her. that was gonna play into it for so long because they left it there. It was just there to distract the fact that Sting was in the ring. Yeah, and and then this match went everywhere. It went from into the crowd with. It Jack, went in front of Brett's section with yeah. Sting and uh J- with Sting and J- uh Lethal and Jarrett and Darby going at it. Let's talk about Shotnam Sting. Darby grabbed the ladder. Was going to do the coffin drop. Singh caught him and powers and just carried him to the ramp. up the rampway. Just crucifix like bombed him without even like you know bending over. Just threw him on the rampway. You heard the thud from Darby's body on the ramp echo at the Prudential Center. Yeah. And the last time I saw him there, he got like you know diving off of like. The top rope on the steps against Sean Spears. Now he's just getting yeet by Satnam Singh one in a billion onto the damn rampway. Yep. But, yeah, this match was fucking good. This match was The coffin drop and Jarrett just saying, fuck your back. Yeah. The coffin drop into the Scorpion Scorpion death drop combo on Satnam was pretty sick. Yeah, it was. There was a little mix-up, but it looked fine from until I, like, saw it. Uh, the clip again. It was holding up Satnam Singh's long ass body. No, it wasn't even that. It was uh near the end where Lethal went for lethal injection. Oh, and he got Sting, the Scorpion Death yeah, uh, drop. Like it looked, it looked like he just caught him like as he was going for the cutter and dropped him. I didn't think that was a botch. Oh yeah, no, it didn't look like a botch. It was just a weird angle for us because he was also turning away. Yeah, but then Darby hit the coffin drop and. Star, Darby and Sting got the win. They're three and zero in in actual tag matches. Yeah, no, they've killed everyone. And Sting has done crazy shit. Like Sting is fucking wild. I remember I was talking to my father about it. He's surprised that Sting still wrestles. He remembers Surfer Sting, like against Flair and shit. Calabunga. They're like amazing, dusty, amazing stuff back in the day, but. Yeah, these these four guys put on a great match. 
Sting looked good. Jarrett looked look good still. And you got to see Lethal. And still, Darby, looking one of the best talents, just gets killed. Yep. Yet again. Which then brought us to probably one of my matches of the night. It's so hard for me to choose match of the night because of this match here. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm for the... Nope. For the AEW Women's Championship. Yeah, fuck the interim shit. Yeah, so the latest thing from Dynamite was that they actually acknowledged uh, Tony Storm and now Jamie Hayter's reign with the interim championship belt as a linear championship because Thunder Rosa is unable to actually retain the championship uh, or re- defend her championship in a soon enough like fashion. So she relinquished it. So they just therefore made Tony Storm's interim championship candidate. Okay. Saving the rest of Dynamite for another day. That was the one thing that we will give away, which did make that moment a little bit more special when yeah, I found that out. It did. Because I remember uh, post- uh, media scrum where Sean Spears had said this whole interim thing is bullshit. Yeah. And I agree when it's done to a certain way, it makes sense. Yeah. It's temporary for a reason. It's just basically, can they make it? Cause my thing was, all right, it was starting to wear thin. My deadline was if you really want to give her a shot, winter is coming is two weeks away. Mm-hmm. If you get defended by then, then we'll, Still keep it inter- uh, interim. If you can't, we're counting it that full reign as actual linear like title reign that happened. And they did. And this match was fucking crazy. First of all, everyone wanted Jamie Hayter. Everyone I see has gotten with the program. Yep. We all got the memo. Everyone participated for this class project. They all paid attention. There wasn't really that many boos for Tony Storm until the match really started. And it was just like the moments where it looked like she was actually going to win where the boos really came in heavy. Yeah. But there were so many falses in this match. I thought there was a few points where Jamie was going to win early. Mm-hmm. And then there was that point at the end where I thought, fuck, Tony's going to win, isn't she? Because they threw everything at her. Yo, there was so much in this damn match that I really, there really wasn't anything left on the table that they could have done with the stipulation that they had given this match. There really wasn't not much more they could have fucking done. So, besides Rebel showing up and getting kicked out, yep. we had Britt showing up and then curb stomping uh, Tony on the title outside. I knew I knew that wasn't going to be the ending. I thought that was the end right there because then she gets thrown back in and just gets pile drived, well, and all of us just fucking winced. And it was just like, well, I guess we found it since it wasn't in a Soraya match, so here it is, two count. Well, yeah, but here's the thing because they also technically used a title in the triple threat match, so they wouldn't use it again. Yeah, it felt like the there's a few things that they yeah. used. Uh, in fashion because we also saw something like that in the main event too yeah we did so the match continued still hung on then next thing you know brit's like on the top rope while they're still brawling away from the referee's attention trying to mess with the turnbuckle and throw it off tony counters irish whips her into the corner knocks brit off and the turnbuckle doesn't see it and in turn eats the turnbuckle herself 
and gets hit with the hate maker. And then we have a new AEW World Women's Champion. That pop was fucking euphoric as hell. I have never screamed so loud for a title change in a long time. Not since Liv Morgan, I think I went that ape shit. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a very, like, electrifying moment just to feel like that whole crowd buzz from the three count. Yeah. Because since, you know, all out and they're in the recovery process of like dealing with the new uh, trios uh, championships and then the crowning for a new champion via tournament, Mm -hmm. that it was just like, man, this is a very hard reboot that the company could have avoided. And we could have just been on the regular like flow of getting, certain shit out the way instead of going through the recovery process, basically. The AEW was probably not going to reach those peaks that we expect it to, but that felt like a very good listen to the fans, Mm -hmm. especially since it's one of the first few organically build stars we've had in the women's division. I remember when Jamie uh, Jamie Storm, I'm thinking about fucking her and Tony Storm at the same time, Uh, when Jamie first showed up, in like the first year and it was with like b Priestley when she was still there and she had a completely different look with like black and long hair with like red highlights in it mm-hmm. and then she returned to with like brit like on uh tnt was that like rampage she returned the first uh tnt tile defense i want to say yes i think that was it i think that had to be it but, like, right then she caught everyone's attention. Also, it was one of their biggest debuts they had that was, like, a return in the women's division. So, it just built it gradually. And also, it felt like her time, if this wasn't going to be it, then when was it? A yeah. loss was something that would just be too big of a setback. And this was a great moment. This was a very great match of the night in, like, a lot of people's opinions. And I kind of think it was my favorite. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. And you know what? Uh, Jamie Hayter fucking deserves it. Yes, she does, man. Oh, I loved every bit of that match. But the next match... Oh, God, this match was crazy. Oh, God, this... Well, there's only one thing to say. Save me, brother Graves! Ah! Ah! So we had the acclaim. The acclaim. Top of the chain and we run into your game. Versus swerving our glory. Oh man, hearing Lee's theme live was a pretty yeah, good experience. It was. Yeah. Hearing Caster rap live was an experience. If only we could actually hear it. I did I did actually, <laughs> I did go back and listen to yeah, it. Because I, I only caught like the last few bars that he actually said when we were there. And I'm just like, yes. oh okay, that's wow. I like how he even went even more. And I only catch the last few of there. Fix your fucking mic's prudential. Yeah. So I felt bad for literally everyone involved in this match, like toward the end of the match. And we'll get there. But but these guys told a great story targeting uh Bowens' arm. Yeah, that played a major like factor in the match. Almost being like the reason why uh yep. Max Caster couldn't like help retain the titles. Cause yep. like Bowens' arm just couldn't like hold up and give out throughout the match, mm-hmm. giving Swerve and Lee their b- titles back. 
There was a point where I really thought it was over. I really thought the title was about to change hands again. I thought it was over when uh, Lee got put through uh, the barricade that Swerve set up. Oh, yeah. I found that very funny, and we're just talking. We got, I got a few people to laugh from that. I'm like, yo, really? He just had to get fucking that one out of, like, the dozen that are surrounding the fucking ring. It's like, you really just had to get that one? That's, like, eight, like, like blocks away from where you could actually see? Hmm. Bruh. But, nah. Lee went through it. I thought that was the finish there. Oh, Swerve hitting his finish, like, Four damn times. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the finish. Because I'm just like, yo, he's dead. Stop. If this were 2K, he'd be stunned to, like, Sunday by now. Give it up. Just pin the man. This would have That would have been a finish in 2K. Oh, man. He went apeshit. But the part that I remembered that really broke it down was when he bought the uh, pliers and wire cutters out. And he couldn't get it done earlier when Billy Gunn came out. And when he tried to again later, he gave it to Lee. And Lee just took it and threw it away. And then walked out. No. He slapped him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he walked out. I like how he still stayed on the rampway and watched him. And he still tried. He tried, but he did not succeed. I did. And then Lee left him. Nothing can beat the power of the acclaimed. Well, like I said, like I said. Great storytelling. Right, Simple. Yeah, right toward the end of this match, I really did feel bad for everyone. Because some asshole, like, three, like way down from us. Yeah. Was getting escorted out of the building. Oh, that was the one that had to fight. Yep. Yeah. This, this drunken person uh i guess got into a fight in his section and we saw like security go after him and restrain him and he was resisting the security officer too it was like forbidden door again so everyone started chanting asshole at him and then when he actually resisted security he got you fucked up chance yeah and here's the thing and it's also this can also be like this was me how i thought about it Hmm. it the timing of the chance also coincided with uh, like spots in the match. Yeah, like yeah, because it was starting to go into its like yeah. ending phase. Like swerve, yeah. like swerve was being the, was being a dick. So like, oh asshole! Like unless you didn't notice the crowd's heads turned away looking at the guy, you would have thought they were calling swerve an asshole. Yeah, no. And if you look at the crowd, like on hard cam, you just see them all looking like towards that one area. But then uh, when the, the guy right. when the guy got removed and everybody's cheering. That's when the acclaimed is coming back. That's funny. So it was really like, perfectly timed. That's actually timed. Fucking holy shit! That's great. Right. That's what. That's what I noticed when it came to us. So I'm just like, eh, it doesn't really ruin the match because mm-hmm. just like the timing just so happened to coincide. The timing fixed the match. The timing yeah. is pretty perfect. And the acclaimed retains are still at the top of the chain, and you know that they run in the game. Yes. Words. <laughs> but moving on to the final match of the evening. The main event that killed Eulis. Oh, God. MJF versus John Moxley. Shit, man. This match was everything we needed. Moxley working heel. 
Because yeah. the crowd booed him. And I'm just like, I'm cheering you, Mox. I remember last time you were here. Besides, well, the time before that. <laughs> your first time here, company-wise. Yeah. You're fucking supposed to be for Blood and Guts. Uh, it was a good match, honestly. Max getting the win. I felt was deserved for the longest. It was a pretty great match leading up into that. They didn't throw out like their big moves until the latter parts. Yeah. Uh, but that finished though. We just started basically like giving up and pulled out the diamond ring. Yep. Yo, there's two goddamn ref bumps in this match. There were. And the second I saw that, I'm just like, yo, they're just showing that there's going to be high shenanigans going now. We have two refs dead. Yep. So Regal. he bought out the diamond ring and Regal comes out. And at this point, I was at the peak coming down from my hideness, but I was still like in that phase. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Let Regal come the fuck out here. No matter what bullshit is going on out here. And even if it ends with someone riding a camel to fight a Pegasus, you never come out here. What the hell's going on? He t- so he goes and tells Moxley to rake up the referee after MJF throws away his ring in defiance. And right after Mox turns around, he slides his knuckles to him, the brass knuckles. And that was quick and it was sudden. And I just went, no. His hand was over his mouth no. the entire time. I was just like, and then the three count have my hand just dropped, and I was just like, bruh, we just had a fucking screw drop in front of me, and this is technically, in a way, like my fucking birthday again. And I just see my guy lose after he flipped off the crowd, and I didn't even do shit. And also, how the fuck is he even called Blackpool Combat Club when the guy from Blackpool just basically said, fuck this shit, I'm out? <laughs> it's gonna be the biggest heel. Is it just Combat ever. Club? Because I think we need a new name. Or do we just kick uh, William Regal out from Blackpool? He's not allowed to come back anymore. It's going to be... Is he exiled? Is it like how they did in Roman times where he's just exiled and he's homeless and he does the MDs now since he's uh, wrestling? Max deserves it 100%. I can't wait to see what the hell happens. The thank you, fuck you, bye thing was fucking great at the media Six scrum. ever promo, AEW champion. Promo of the fucking year in that media scrum. Holy shit. That was not promo of the year. That was fucking great. Promo of the year was the pipe bomb he delivered earlier this year before uh, actually after Double or Nothing. Okay, that was promo of the year. Correct. Because it was basically started out as a pipe bomb. We knew it was going to be a new version of the pipe bomb, but then yeah. it just grew organically into yeah. its own thing. And it was just like, fuck, that's good. And it started the hiatus, yep. which should have been done in the first place. Yep. And ironically ended up in so, a double champion versus champion unification. So, so, so then we're going to leave, right? We all exit the building. Oh, we gotta talk about how he splashed Shivani in the face with the drink while oh, he's yeah, leaving. Oh yeah, that's right. That that's shit right. was I, funny. I forgot all about that. As he was leaving, MJF walks over to the commentary table, takes the takes the drink, and just splashes it in Tony Shivani's face. And this is after he motorboated a woman on his way to the ring. That was great. Oh my god! So we're on our way out, right? So, Say our uh, goodbyes after posing for our awesome photo and smoking some more of the devil's lettuce, vegan yep. tobacco. We're all going to leave. We all meet up, have a quick smoke smoke session. There was about like I think like five or six joints going around. Uh, there was a lot, dude. We got our uh, in person fuck your feelings, Tim. That was goaded. 
legendary. Um, yeah, Farid ended up getting a Danhausen tooth. Apparently, one of the security guards picked it up and said, "Hey, here's a souvenir," and handed it to him. He's also getting a chair too. He got a chair. Yeah, he got one of the collectible chairs. That was dope. Uh, so we all pose for our awesome photo, and we all depart. Right? We go to the subway station. Oh, We're dope. waiting for the train. We're waiting. Train pulls up. And this is the story we're going to end the night with. Now, if you remember what happened at the beginning of the night, you'll know exactly what I'm about to say. Because we get on the train, and it smells like shit. And When we get to this one compartment, it, it smelled like ass. It, it, like, it literally smelled like human shit. Like, you can smell the difference between that and, like, an animal shit. It wasn't even just that. It was that as we got inside of that compartment, it was just humid. Yeah, it was, like, and plus, it was, like, it was really hot in the train, so that intensified the smell even mm -hmm. more. And we're just like, oh, my God, what is that? Thank God. And, we're, lo body and we're looking around, but, like, nothing's around. Like, there's no excrement anywhere. And, and we're then like, we look at the, the floor. Fuck? And then we look at the floor, and we see... A distinct pair of yellow slipper socks that we saw about five to six hours prior. Oh, how it came back full circle. And to give you a fact, none of us wanted to sit on the seats. So we all sat collectively on the ledge where our feet were protected from anything that can be touched. Yeah, we were we were all playing that shit safe. That is the story I leave you guys with for the night. Thank God John had body spray. Until next time, everybody, have a good, safe Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, please be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Park and spark. Or, as I learned today, um, what was it? Oh, smoke and fly. That was what it was. Smoke don't, and fly? Don't drink and drive. Smoke and fly, meaning, like, I don't know, man. I'm I, not fucking Superman. I can't fly. Yeah, don't do that, whatever I just said. But don't drink and drive Park and Spark. Have a safe Thanksgiving, guys. And remember, Eat a lot. Enjoy the high side of life. That too. Peace.